0: Sports Radio 92.7 FM WFNZ. Straight fire. This is the Wesson Walker Show.
1: Even the crowd knows what's coming next.
0: I just got scared immediately. I mean, I don't know how we were going to start. Wes just decides, can you do the scream again? You want me to do it again? Well, I mean, no, but also I just want you to be able to relay to the people what we just heard. We were all, I had to go late, get my headphones. Fiddy is eating a sandwich because he's just starting off eating today. That's how we're going to start off Wes and Walker. And then you started off by doing some kind of... <laughs> cry some show cry at the beginning <laughs> Fitty said that scared me i said that scared the bleep a, out of yeah. me i he looked, said the same thing i know we were both scared like i had no clue what was going on from a distance i mean that's fine if you want to right, do it all right all right yeah so so this is this is wes i mean seriously i this happened 20 seconds ago and then wes just decides in the distance to give us this kind of show cry to start off
1: Woo! let's go baby let's get it going come
0: on out of nowhere Out of nowhere. We both jump. I mean, I look like a pansy, to be honest with
1: you. You (laughs) So So, for context, when I worked in sales, we had this guy that I worked with, and he was real silly. And so, we'd be working a shift sometimes, and he would just do that out of the blue. And people would just, like, jump and, like, be scared to death. So... Every once in a blue moon, I did that one time in the ACC office, man, and people just lost it. You should have said people were just jumping everywhere. It was hilarious. So
0: you would just do—I mean, that's the first time you've done it to us. Yeah, it was—it's funny. Do you guys get mad when people would hide behind the doors and then scare you? And then do you get immediately in a
1: boxing position? Do you scared <laughs> and, and then cower in the corner? I normally like, say some type of expletive, and I might jump a little bit. But I'm used to it because my son does it all the time. He tries to—he does you it a lot. all the time. Does it work? Uh, he, he's got me once or twice. He gets so mad if it doesn't work. Like he'd be like, God, man. Cause sometimes I'll see him or I know it's coming. So I'll be ready for him. Like I'll, I'll hurry up and hustle in the room and go hide behind the door myself. Oh, I'll see him get up come behind me, or I might be using the bathroom, and I'll look back and see him dart past me. <laughs> and I'll be like, I see you, man. I'll be like, I know you're trying to get me. But it feels like he
0: would get mad if he did get you, if he's scared. I mean, that you might be, like, cursing afterwards. Like,
1: No, I, li- I laugh, because I'm like, you know, he put in the work, but so he got it done. <laughs> mission accomplished.
0: It's the grind. Yeah. It's <laughs> the grind from your son to be able to scare you. Uh, the other thing I was going to start off the show with is, so lots of things happening right before we hop on the mic. I was walking back from getting a Gatorade and I'm passing a couple of guys and I don't know who they are, but they're nice. And you know what he hits me with just walking past him in the hallway. He hits me with what's going on, buddy. Oh, uh,
1: <laughs> that happened to me the day we talked about that. The same day. Afterwards? I walked in there. There was some photographer or something. I guess they were taking pictures for the WBTV people or something. And he's like, what's up, buddy? And I was like, uh, see. Gave me that stop and look up and down. Did, did you do that? Yeah, the Martin Lawrence on. Would you stop and look him up and down. You going to look me up and down. Yeah, with a well, little, little bit Mack. of. Bernie Mac. No, that's up. Bernie Mac. That's not Martin. Well, Martin would do it too, though. Okay. Well, Bernie was talking yeah, about. with a slight snarl on him. the lip, like. Who are you talking to?
0: I thought you were talking about the him downstairs.
1: <laughs> I thought about that the other day, him downstairs. And him downstairs. Yeah. You know. And then you're going to look me up and down. You know what that means? That means uh, yeah. you want to do something. Bust yeah. move. Man, I laugh at that thing every time I watch it like it's the first time I watch it's it. It's crazy. That was in Charlotte, I think, oh, right? It was. That, that exactly. I thought people I knew in the crowd, like they, people that work with my mom. You know a
0: joke is fire. As soon as that joke, just the one joke, not a whole stand-up mm-hmm. routine. But a single joke told leads to a show,
1: leads to the Bernie Mac show, and yeah. the Bernie Mac show is pretty good. I that whole king of comedy was off the chain. I mean, I wasn't even a big fan of DL Hughley because he was the worst one. But then after watching that, like it was off. Everybody killed it. I yeah, DL was still the worst one. Though. <laughs> yeah, he was. I mean, Bernie, but. Bernie,
0: if you're if you're to make a stand-up Mount Rushmore.
1: I mean, Bernie Max on it, or you're the police. Bernie, I mean, this Cedric's was off the chain. Remember, I did the said the other day when we were talking about people running, uh-huh. and I referenced that joke from Kings of Comedy when he talked about if you see one people, two people, three people, how black people are going to start running. Yeah. Yeah, that's such a classic. <laughs> no, Bernie Mac Bernie Mac needs to be on it. It's Wesson
0: Walker, Sports Radio, 92.7 WFNZ. We're here with you from 12 to 3 p.m. Kyle Bailey takes over right at 3 as well. He'll take you to 6 alongside Smoke Ludwig. And you can text us via the Garage Door Guru text line, 704-570-9610. Let's keep with the comedy conversation. Why don't you text us your favorite stand-up comedian? I just saw Sebastian Maniscalco, like, last month, who was here in mm.
1: Charlotte. Mike Epps is coming.
0: Oh, uh, Mike Epps is going
1: to be in fun. like a week or something. I wouldn't so.
0: mind seeing that. I'm not even a huge fan of Maniscalco. Never heard of him, but uh-huh. I, but I got free tickets. So I went to okay. go see him and yeah. it was fine. Yeah. Kind of a lot of slapstick humor, which I'm not huge yeah, in. Yeah, 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 yeah. a bunch of the weird The funniest tics. stuff is
1: stuff I can relate to. That's why I love Mike Epps. And they talk about situations and stuff that I can relate to. That's just it just makes me laugh so hard
0: so me being as young as i am of course i knew him from next friday uh-huh. but the only other thing i had known him from was i watched him in an episode of wild and out and it mm-hmm. you know wild mm-hmm. and out has actually surprisingly been on the air for oh yeah ever yeah. i mean a long time yeah. since i was i mean like 10 years old which you might joke and say that wasn't all that long ago but when <laughs> i was there like when i was in that age Watching Mike Epps do a show. It was Corey Holcomb, and, and he was still on the cast at that time. Mm-hmm. Mike Epps, I mean, it's my favorite show of all and out of all time. We're getting some people writing in. Bill Burr is their favorite stand-up comedian. Uh, somebody said Patrice O'Neill, my favorite stand-up comedian. He is hilarious. Anthony Giselnik, just single jokes. Giselnik is insane. That's something... Sure. I think Giselle Nick is who Fitty would love the most if he cared about stand-up comedy. Do you ever watch any of those specials on Netflix, Fitty, or do you care at all about stand-up?
2: No, because I don't need someone else to make me laugh uh, when I make myself laugh.
0: All right. I mean, it's <laughs> just a great line to open up. Fitty, Fitty has one line on the show today as so far, and that's what it is. It's a great one to it's open up with. It's just
1: continuing with the bad takes <laughs> from yesterday. We, we got a lot of texts coming in. I, I
0: do want to get to all of them, Bill Burr, as we just mentioned. I watched
1: some of the women's ones on Netflix, too, like... Um, Eliza Schlesinger, I've watched a few of hers. Well,
0: Sarah Silverman's
1: great. Yeah, I liked Amy Schumer in the beginning. I
0: bet Fitty likes Nikki Glaser as well.
1: Do you yeah, guys know she, Nikki Glaser? Uh, yeah, I know, because she does the show uh, F-Boy Island on HBO Max.
0: <laughs> I've never even heard
1: of it. Yeah. Uh,
0: Theo Vaughn, Richard Pryor, of course. People say Dave Chappelle.
1: Monique but, is hilarious. There's a Tom lot of good, I mean, there's so many.
0: Legends. Yeah, Ralphie Mae, Ralphie Mae. So many. Yeah, that one was one was uh, Back R&B in the day, Ralph I
1: used May. to like uh, Andrew Dice Clay, even though I couldn't <laughs> ever watch anything. I remember in Living Color, used to do skits off of him, but Andrew Dice Clay, his voice alone, that's the key to me is the voice.
2: Well, oh, and then how could
1: I forget Cat Williams? Oh God, he's my favorite. Him and Mike Epps are my two favorites.
0: Well, Cat Williams, the one stand up where he is sweating profusely was it? A, all he was of in a Purple. Them. He was in a purple yeah, suit. All of them. I forget what it was, but they're they're amazing. Yeah, we're getting a lot of people. Commander Malik said he saw Chris Tucker live. Chris Tucker's stand up was hilarious. See, I, I was very
1: so. disappointed in one special I watched because see, to me, it's all about the voice. If you can read me a grocery list and I find it funny. Dude, <laughs> you're not going to have to do a lot of work. And Cat Williams, Mike Epps, uh, all those guys have the voices that if they just read a grocery list, you'd be dying.
0: Uh, George Carlin, somebody says, still the king of comedy there. Kevin Hart. See, not not Kevin for me. There's there's one stand-up when I was in high school that I thought was hilarious. And after that, it's more so like the stuff he's featured I like his laugh. stand-ups
1: much more than his movies.
0: Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. the movies, he's team keep getting them checks. Yeah, That's what Kevin Hart sure. is about, which is totally <laughs> fine. But that's what he's about. 704 5709 I was way too
1: young to watch the Eddie Murphy
0: joints. Well, I remember them when they
1: came out, but obviously I couldn't watch
0: him. It him talking about McDonald's and how his mom went home to make that burger with the green peppers in it. And it was not the same as McDonald's. <laughs>
1: yeah, raw and all that. I couldn't watch any of that.
0: I, I, I do want to, to go back to some of these. But we might as well lead off the show with some pretty important Panthers news and the constant coaching search that is surrounding us. As we go deeper into the week, we have the schedule of interviews that are slated for Carolina this week. In fact, the Panthers just completed their interview with Edgerow Evro, the Broncos defensive coordinator. Tomorrow, that's when the interview is going to happen with Sean Payton. Saturday. That is when the reported interview is going to happen with Ken Dorsey. And then Sunday, that's when Mike Kafka is going to get the interview. Mm. So we finally got some dates for some of the offensive coordinators that we already did profiles on. You can check that out on WFNZ.com. We'll put that up. Maybe we can even single those out, tweet them out again, just so they're easily accessible. We already went down some of those profiles. But Sean Payton is going to be the interesting one because Wes... I'm not going to be surprised if you have that interview. David Tepper throws all of the money that you possibly can, gives him all the power, talks to the Saints, says, yeah, we'll give you the two first-round picks. And there's reports that first maybe he was enamored with Ben Johnson, but now there's the report that David Tepper – is willing to do everything within his power. Then he's got a lot of power to go mm-hmm. get Sean Payton. So, you know, maybe we, we just hold off on get off the bus because we're already off and rolling here. But what do you think about Sean Payton possibly putting an end to the coaching interviews with him being before Dorsey and Kafka?
1: I mean, it goes back to the old phrase that money talks and BS walks. And the fact that, you know, he has, he's going to offer him so much money. He's going to give him a godfather offer, plain and simple. And not only that, you know, Many pundits, and we have said here, the Panthers have a lot to offer uh, a coach as far as getting them started with the right foundation. And so I just think that when he hits them with that godfather offer, man, he can sit there all day and say, well, I might want to go to Denver and be with Russell or whatever the case may be, or Arizona and be with Kyler. But once Tepper puts that check in that face. And it makes him the highest paid and he's getting just crazy money. I just don't think he's going to be able to turn it down.
0: Well, and And so you have the two richest franchises as far as the owners go, not the franchises, not the, you know, we know the Dallas Cowboys are worth more than anybody. But we also know the owners for Denver and Carolina are one and two when it comes to highest net worth. And we're discussing them bidding after a guy that has won a Super Bowl before that is willing to get back into coaching. That is maybe not the young offensive mind, but a very decorated offensive mind with what he was able to do during his tenure with the New Orleans Saints. But the tax for Carolina is to possibly give up two first-round picks to get Sean Payton. For Denver, Benjamin Albright, who is tapped in very closely with the Denver Broncos being based out there, but also across the NFL, Albright says that with Denver, the price might be a first- and a third-round pick. And, Wes, we can dive a little bit more into it in the next segment, but just off the top of the dome, I told you yesterday, I'm not doing this. I'm just not going to give up. I'm not even willing to give up one first round pick, to be honest with you. Right. And I'm not willing to give up two. I mean, I, I am slamming the phone down. I'm mad at the pay phone. It's like big daddy talking to on the phone to his father when he's trying to adopt the kid, slam, 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 slam. No, I'm not doing it. And there are other people that say, well, he's won a Super Bowl, but Seriously? you need some players too. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to give up two first rounders. I mean, again, I don't want to give up one. It's a little bit. It's a little bit easier for me to accept that. Are you touching two first-round picks for Sean
1: Payton? If I can go get a veteran quarterback that I feel like I can win with. Like with Tom him, Brady? Yeah, like him, uh, Derek Carr, uh, Aaron Rodgers. If I can land a situation like that, i do it no question. Two first-round. You have yep. some cojones. i do it no question. Because <laughs> if I can get the quarterback, like I said, I got the rest of my draft one. picks to make it work. I'm not paying. Now, if I do bring in one of those veterans – I don't know how, you know, NFL is funky the way they split up salaries and let's just say they got car and then the Raiders have to pay a certain amount or something like that. And then the Panthers are not paying as much as they would be where I can still go out and feel my needs and free agency and, and with some of my draft picks because I'm I'm gonna hit on a couple. Just the law of averages says you're going to hit on a couple of those picks if you don't. Then. I mean, if you go O for was it seven rounds? If you go O for six, then good lord, well, fire not, the staff. Well, and you're and you're not going to have your first. And so the that's not saying. So I
0: was saying six. Right, but the the idea is, if you don't have your first round picks, and let's say you actually get to the playoffs, you're picking in the twenties. Mm-hmm. And the thing about that is, we always focus on the disparity in picks if you win a game at the end of the season, at the end of the first round. Yes. But you're actually talking about disparity in second, third, right? So you're losing spots in every single round that you draft within the NFL draft. And a lot of things are kind of haywire because of trades that have happened in the past and, and whatever. But at the same time, winning more, it hurts your draft stock in every single draft round. And so if you don't win the Super Bowl, you're in the 20s, you don't have those first, you know, I, I value that higher than going after Sean Payton. Real quickly, Fiddy, I, I imagine, I know you were willing to give up one first round pick. Are you willing to give up two? Like, what what is what is the price that is too much? to give up if the Saints are asking price X for Sean Payton?
2: Three or more. Like I'm I'm willing to give up, too, because I know what I'm getting in Sean Payton. Yeah, this is the guy that said coaching matters more than players. You, don't you know, know what what you're that he's going to give it up. You I, don't know, know what you're getting in the number nine overall pick. Yep. I know what I'm getting in Sean Payton, a pedigree winner, a guy that's going to build a great culture that's going to win and sustain for the next 10 to 15 years, something the Panthers franchise has never had.
0: Oh, that's not true. But yeah, I mean, Sean. They've had a winning
2: culture for 10 to 15 years.
0: Well, no, I guess that's I guess that's true. I guess 10 to 15. Oh, man. How are you doing? I
2: mean, you asked.
0: I answered. (laughs) Look, I mean, that was such a victory bite. I love it, too, because like people have have written in before about me clowning you for eating. But then as soon as I go to you, like you're just mid bite with the sandwich. And then also yesterday you had your epic performance with Chex Wings in your mouth burping on air. <laughs> like, and now we're just starting at 12 o'clock with the Jersey Mike sub hanging out. And I believe Wes called you out for spitting some sandwich up on the microphone.
2: Is that right? <laughs> look, there may have been some food that <laughs> left the mouth when us was we were talking about Steve Clifford off the air. Uh-huh. As y'all were coming in after uh, Jeff Rickard's show got, all, got got done. And look, no, nah, I can't say that. Just just let's just go to break. I'm a- <sighs> All right. It's going to be weird today.
0: I'm, I'm getting weird vibes from Fitty. <laughs> we're going we're gonna to explore that a little bit more and talk more about Sean Payton coming up next. It's Wes and Walker, very much so. Off and rolling. Sports Radio 927 FM. <sighs>
1: Weston Walker, we're back. WFNC 92.7 FM. Walker and Fitty having a little dispute, so I decided to go ahead and bring us on well, back you in. you did turn on the mic during that, though?
0: I turned on mine. Yes, and people can hear it just like they did when you
1: yelled. Ten feet? Ten feet. I mean, yes. Well, I guess I got the headphones on, so I guess I don't know. You turned on the mic. I hope that you don't do that during conversations y'all have during the break No, every no, no other we're day. we not that's why I My keep bad mine. I apologize. That's I did not I think the conversation was that I keep explicit. mine off during y'all's convos. Yeah. I tried to jump in and say but I didn't think that uh it was that kind of lingo being tossed around. I mean, no. it. Well,
0: I'm glad it wasn't. Yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> it was just
2: me and Walker arguing with
0: them. No. Well, it wasn't even arguing, really. I was just
1: talking That's about the show. what I said. Show, I thought you were just out. talking logistics. I didn't think there was uh, any explicit <laughs> language going on.
0: There wasn't any explicits. There wasn't even any arguing. Right. It was just trying to figure out the clarity of how the show was going to be lined up.
1: <laughs> but, Wes, you brought us on.
0: Dude, drive us. Yeah. Latest, what, What's yeah. up? What No, talk, No, I'm telling you. What, what you got for us?
1: Well, we're coming back in talking about the Hornets from last night playing the Houston Rockets. <laughs> that, is, that is a quick topic change. Yeah. So we're going to come in and do that. We got that going on. But, mm-hmm. uh, but let's go back, though, to the latest with Sean Payton. Okay. We talked about before the break. Uh, I was in the wrong part of the rundown. That's why I brought up the uh, LaMelo. But <laughs> yeah. we will be talking about that today. But, hey, listen, you know, we're talking about Sean Payton mm-hmm. and the thing that uh, – Adam Willis of Bleacher Report said that they would give Sean Payton just about anything he wants to become the head coach. So I'm going to ask you, Walker, Yeah, is this a sign of the inevitable? Like we said, Thanos snapping the fingers. Does this mean, is this just another sign to let us know that Sean Payton is going to be the guy. Well, that's an excellent setup,
0: Wes, and I appreciate you asking that question. I don't think that this is the inevitable. I don't think that it is a foregone conclusion that Sean Payton is going to become the head coach of the Mm -hmm. Panthers. And part of that is because even if you guys would do it, even if both of you would trade a first round and then another first round pick to go get Sean Payton, I'm not sure that David Tepper would do that. And it's still a pretty high asking price. We can go back to the John Gruden compensation and I get it, but it's not like you see that all the time. Mm-hmm. Teams are willing to give up two first round picks to go after someone like Sean Payton or any of these touted head coaches. And here's Mike Florio discussing Mickey Loomis, Sean Payton during this entire spiel where, or during this entire ordeal of him trying to figure out what franchise he would want to coach with, the compensation that New Orleans would call for in return. Here's Mickey Loomis um, and, and Sean Payton, the opinion about them by Mike Florio. I think that Mickey Loomis and Sean Payton have the kind of relationship where they will work something out. And
1: the fact that Carolina has gotten permission to
0: talk to Payton tells me that the Saints have come to terms with the possibility they'll be coaching and facing Sean Payton in the future. So I, I, I think that part of it is is kind of a foregone conclusion, even though there aren't specific deals in place yet. I think that if Payton says, hey, Mickey, this is where I want to go, They'll work together to get a deal done. Because it seems like both of them have a good relationship. You are going to do Sean Payton is solid. Mickey Loomis is. And that would be accepted, and that would be, I should say, expected on that part because of all of the success that Sean Payton had as the head coach of the New Orleans Saints. But I'll flip the question back to you. I mean, do you think that it's another sign of the inevitable that Sean Payton is going to become the head coach?
1: Oh, for sure. Like I said, because I think at the end of the day, money talks, as I said in the first segment, I think that Tepper's just going to give him a godfather offer. It's going to be too good. Now, the interesting part will be, how will those negotiations go? Because this is a division rival. Uh, Mickey Loomis isn't going to want the Panthers to get too powerful. So is Sean going to have to be like, look, man, do me a solid. Don't, don't kill him too much on the, on the trade off, okay? I need a little bit of something uh, to get us going. So that's going to be an interesting part of it because the last time we saw this situation, John Gruden went from AFC to NFC. But this is a guy that Mickey Loomis is going to have to see twice a year with the team that he's going to be battling for the division for playoff spots. So that's going to be the interesting part of it. Does Mickey Loomis want to stick it to the Panthers to get this deal done? Because he is going to have to face them. It seems like majority of
0: the texters writing in do not want to give up two first round picks. 704 number wrote in. I would hope that Tepper is smarter than giving up two first round picks for any coach. Stanford P says this, you give up two first rounders, then this guy, he uses a different word, but I'm going to say guy, (laughs) this, this guy better win a Super Bowl or it's a bust. I agree with that. I mean, think about giving up two first round picks for Sean Payton to come in. And what's the timeline. Is Sean Payton going to step away and do TV again? If he is here, what, five years? What kind of success outside of a Super Bowl would justify trading two first-round picks? And I'm not even a rings culture guy. I'm not even someone that says, if you don't win the Super Bowl, then you had this failure of a season.
1: Consistent contender. A consistent contender. Reaching the playoffs five straight seasons. Yeah, well, you're a problem. Like People are like, yo, the Panthers could do this.
0: But, Fiddy, do you agree with, with Stanford P? Or do you think that you don't have to win the Super Bowl to justify that type of trade?
2: No, you know, you have to. And I don't know how you say you're not a part of rings culture. That's the only thing you play for. It's the only thing that matters. <laughs> like, like I know you come from this, this fantasy land where we all sing and hold hands and sing Kumbaya together. Yeah, I do. No, you know, I, it's all about winning games mm-hmm. and, and winning championships and putting yourself in a position to do that. This guy... This guy does that. So if you're willing to mortgage the future of your franchise, I'm willing to mortgage the future of my franchise for Sean Payton more so than I am Lamar Jackson.
0: It's it's weird to hear you chastise me for singing Kumbaya as someone who wants to fire Mike McCarthy and was actively pulling for the Cowboys to lose despite him having as many Super Bowls as Sean Payton has. As having actually done it with a quarterback that you view is worse than Drew Brees, Mike McCarthy, winning that Super Bowl with Aaron Rodgers. And now you want to mortgage the future, as you say, to go get the guy that has done more with, you know, Mike, or with, with excuse me, less than what your guy Mike McCarthy
2: did with Green Bay. Walker, how long have you been coming into the WFNC studios? We're going on about seven months, right? Six? That's correct. <laughs> have you not learned... <laughs> What you only-
0: <laughs> yeah. It's your sandwich, isn't it? Yeah, I'm that's what, that's what a
1: pack a day I do it, to you, it,
0: folks. It, yeah, it, it's your sickness and your Jersey mics up. Have you, you just not had.
2: learned that only I can attack your takes and opinions? You can't attack mine?
0: I mean, if I attacked yours, then I, I mean, I, I still, goodness gracious, I got to go back to the well. It's so full of bad takes. Come on, man. I'm just telling you exactly, Willie, preach, <laughs> preach, Willie, because I just don't get it. This whole rings culture thing. Yeah you better win a Super Bowl. I'm actually on top of this, which is, yeah. In fact, I'm going in circles trying to make your take make sense. If if you're saying that, I, I don't I don't get anything that Fiddy is saying. I agree with Stanford P that if you trade two first round picks, then you better win a Super Bowl. And it kind of reminds me of the Rams going all in, trading all these first rounders to go get a Super Bowl um, with Jalen Ramsey, with Aaron Donald. They were doing it with the player side of things, but then that all fizzles out. I mean, think about, Sean Payton, just the type of timeline, if he leaves after what, three, four, five years, I guess, I, do, are we viewing him as a lifer after that? Do we view him as some sort of rental for? I, I don't it's even gonna know. It's going to be a long is. contract,
1: and I think the they'll write in there that he can't go look for TV jobs, et cetera, et cetera. But it's going to be a long contract, I would imagine. If he's going to offer him the type of money I think he will, I would say it would be between, at. I think, at least six
2: years. Ooh. at
1: least it's going to be six years.
2: Tepper did say after the Matt Rule firing, he would not mm-hmm. he would not give out that type of long-term deal again. Does that change because you have Sean Payton yeah, I think coming to will. your building? I think it will. I think because you're going to have
1: to. Like I said, this is Charlotte. This is not the place that's like – I mean, it can be a destination because NFL and NBA are different in my opinion. Mm-hmm. But still, we don't have opportunities to get coaches like – this all the time, and I'm not saying he's the end-all be-all, but I'm just saying they don't have opportunities to get coaches like this all the time, so I think there are concessions that will have to be made to get a guy of this caliber.
0: Yeah, Big Cat dancing, I wouldn't give up too much for him. If you're going to give up that much capital, go up and get Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud instead with a higher pick in the first round. Simon Says says, says Peyton is worth uh, two first-round picks. We'll still have plenty of draft capital left over to so fill So basically our what needs. they're saying
1: is that Steve Wilkes is a Super Bowl coach if he can just get the right players, that's basically what the callers are saying. I, I, I think it's yeah. I I would, I mean, Sean
0: Payton is clearly a better coach, no doubt about it. Are you willing to trade two first round picks? You guys are. I'm not to go get Sean Payton, who, as great of a coach he is, he he's awesome. Like he's a really good coach. I'm not trying to disparage any of that. Mm-hmm. But the fact that he goes nine and eight when the roster starts to dwindle down a little bit. You do have a 7-9 and season when the defense is atrocious in three straight consecutive years with the New Orleans Saints. And how do they turn it around? They turn it around through the very thing you're giving up assets for with the draft. When they kill it, they have one of the best drafts of the past two decades. They get pro bowlers at every level. And once they get those players and have more, by the way... That's when they're able to turn it around and go through this second stint of of success with Sean Payton.
1: Right, but you're going to hit peaks and valleys as a franchise, though. It doesn't matter if you have great players or not. There's going to come a time where the or salaries or not. Right, but there's going to come a time where the salaries aren't going to hit right, and you're going to have to get rid of guys and stuff like that. I mean, just look at your recent history as a franchise when you had Keekly, when you had TD, when you had Cam. You got to the Super Bowl, but you didn't
0: win. That only enhances my argument. And the reason being is that that's why those draft assets are so valuable because you get rookie scale contracts so you're right when the when a time when time comes to pay the bill then it kills you when you draft so well in 2017 2018 2019 right? but then you got all these other first round picks and if you hit on let's even just say one, two, three, whatever, right? Like something on the lower end. Let's say you hit on some of those draft picks. Then that helps you with rookie-scale contracts, and you can have so much more freedom letting those guys leave mm-hmm. or sign them and still have a rookie-scale contract on the roster with that talent to
1: play. But then I can also come back and be the advocate. I don't want to be of the devil, but, you know, an advocate <laughs> and say That's that— Blank advocate that, argument? Okay, and that Super Bowl, and I'm not saying, you know, revisions history. If you have a Sean Payton-like coach there— that can make some adjustments. In 2015. Yeah, that may turn the tide of that game. Like, if you look at it that way, because, like I said, you got to the Super Bowl, you didn't win, and you had a great roster. Well, the offense kind of, you know, not a lot of household names that raw receiver and stuff like that. But still, you had a good enough roster. You ran rush shot through everybody, got to the Super Bowl, but you didn't win. I mean, because you got out coached. But, but Sean Payton, then did Sean Payton get out coached when he didn't even reach the Super Bowl? Right, but he got a chip. In '06, but that, but that's what I'm saying. If you add a place long oh, enough nine. in the NFL in the oh, free agency me. era, you're gonna hit peaks and valleys.
0: Like but, that. but, but wait, if we're gonna go to a season and then call out a coach for getting out coached, and then try to give us some validity to the guy that didn't even get to the Super Bowl, that makes no
1: sense to me. No, what I'm saying, okay, Sean Payton went to two Super Bowls. Yeah, and lost one. Lost one, won one. Yeah. So I'm just saying to the players' coach argument, I'm just trying to be a little bit of the advocate here pushing back and saying, okay, if you have the players like you had that year, but you didn't win, do you think in a game that's that tight like that Super Bowl was that if you had a Hall of Fame caliber coach, that maybe he makes the adjustments that gets you over the hump well, in that game.
0: And by the way, I, I'm sorry. Are we even right on that? Did Sean Payton just get to one
1: Super Bowl? Yeah. I, 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 I thought that. he got the yeah, – yeah. oh, it, that's right. That's, okay, it was I'm only sorry. one Super Bowl I'm they thinking won. about – uh, I don't know why I'm thinking about I was about going Colts where they lost to okay, the I'm Saints
0: sorry. and they won another yes, one against but, the Bears. But but yeah, he, got he, to, he got to one Super Bowl and he won it. Yeah, you know, Great. Like, he's a, he's a really good coach. But at the same time, we're talking about having great players that help. And then when they were able to go through this second stint of success under Sean Payton, they had – phenomenal draft picks. And I give the front office a lot of credit for resurrecting what was able to be a talented team. And then when it wasn't right, when they didn't have the defense clicking, they went under 500, three straight years with one of the best quarterbacks that we've ever seen in NFL history. So it doesn't mean anything that Sean Payton is a bad coach. It means that you need players and draft picks help you quite a bit. Do that. Just like Greg Olson said yesterday, so many different teams built through the draft. I think we were talking about it, Mm -hmm. that when teams go and have this huge free agency, Usually it doesn't work, mm-hmm. and so you're giving up assets. That is the direct reason as to how you're able to build a contender through the NFL draft right. through the selection process.
1: But that's two. That's two players, and I'm enjoying just pushing back I guess, your points, just to to be the thought. blank advocate. Well, for thought, yeah, mm. yeah. That's two players that you that you're not sure going to end up being studs or great players for that matter. That you give up if you give up two ones for a Hall of Fame caliber coach. It, logic says or even the statistics say that one of those two is going to be good one of them's not well you couldn't miss
0: on both if you go with the panthers history then history tells you both of them are going to work out like jeff otah is the only first round pick if you want to go with a different gm more than fine but marty herney you had the first round magic you haven't had a first rounder miss yet under scott fitterer even with matt rule here having that heavy influence I mean, you have to go back more than a decade to find the last first round pick that absolutely missed. Kelvin in Jeff Benjamin. Ota. Kelvin Benjamin even had a successful season. You're right. Like, that's fair. But even had the successful season his rookie year and then after the ACL. But Kelvin's fine. Even so, right? Like, two over, what, 13, 15 years? Yeah, like history tells you. And plus, you're getting a pick from a pool of guys that are clearly the most talented. And it's not even just Carolina getting the chance to choose from them, right? Everybody would be choosing a lot of these players. I just, I don't want to give up too first by any means for any coach, not you know, even Sean Payton.
2: You know, well she keep talking about Charlottetown no longer a destination or it's not a destination place. I think it's because you lost the epicenter many years ago. But <laughs> is is Sean Payton the type of coach that could recruit the talent via well, free agency that guys would come here to play for him? Well I also said football too, that, way,
1: sorry. I also said football was uh a little bit different than basketball. So I kinda walked back on that just a little bit, saying that football. You can kind of get more guys if the check is right than you can in basketball, but uh, yeah, no, I think that he will be able to attract some veteran quarterbacks if it comes down to that. Yeah, but, and so people are writing in Vernon
0: Butler. That that's right too. So if if you're going, I mean, it's still a, a cause pretty because if you wild look at history. that Saint
1: Super Bowl roster, the starters, I mean, there's not a ton of, of first round talent stocked on that team. It was a lot of free agents. Because uh, when you go look at the offense, I mean, Drew Brees, they signed free agency. Reggie Bush, uh, you know, was a draft pick. But Marcus Colston was a late-round pick. I think Devin yeah. Henderson was a second-day pick. Shockey was a free agent. You look at the defense, I think they drafted Charles Grant, Will Smith, maybe. I think. Then Velma was a free agent. Uh, oh, wait, but. So that's what I'm saying. Uh, this, this, I'm saying that, for one, this Saints. Roster is not going to blow you away. So I think Sean Payton's coaching had a lot to do with them winning. Yeah, as well. it, it did. It it, so abso- that's all I'm it it absolutely it absolutely it absolutely did. Mm-hmm. Like Sean Payton
0: was a key part of that Super so Bowl I think win that you could make almost up. twenty years ago.
1: Yeah, I think you can. <laughs> you see how Walker tries to like backhand <laughs> Just like almost almost twenty yeah, years ago. Yeah, he tries to backhand <laughs> it. You know as what I'm is, saying? Though, I'm coming with straight But facts. all I'm saying is that this roster was not chopped full of first round guys. They were able to make it work with some late mid to late round selections. And free agents, and I think it's that if you get the, harder to hit on those. Though. But I think if you get the coach, and then you're able to fill some of the needs that you have through free agency, and make your picks work, because you're still going to have. Well, I don't know if they're going to have to surrender second rounders. I'm just working off the premise that you have to give up two first rounders. But if you still get to keep your second rounders, you're still picking high in the second round. You can still get some quality football players in the second, third, fourth rounds that could end up hitting for you and becoming studs as well. So I'm just saying I I think that it's very workable if you have to give up two ones. I'm just not saying – I just don't think that two rounders that both of them are going to end up being these generational-type prospects that's going to lift
2: the Panthers to a Super Bowl.
0: All right. It's uh, time for the first fitty Flash before we dive in a little bit more to some more uh, Sean Payton conversation.
2: All right, guys. We're going to do this Flash with no music because the first Flash of the day is a pretty sad topic that we got to discuss, and that's that uh, – Charlotte FC uh, player Anton Walks, uh, he tragically passed away in a boating accident at the age of 25 years old. Um, he leaves behind him. He's got a wife. He's got a a, a very small child as well. Walks was going to be a, a very important part of what the Charlotte FC team was going to do in their second season MLS. They have a chance, uh, a, a more legitimate chance to make the playoffs this year, and it's just it's just a tragic news story. It's, it's, it's heartbreaking for that for that team and for our community here in Charlotte. We've just been through so much here recently. You think about what happened in our building in November. Then you add this. It's just been a really rough time for the people of Charlotte and – uh my thoughts and and prayers are with the people over there at Charlotte FC.
0: Yeah, everybody here with Wesson Walker and at WFNZ, we're trying to get some clarity on if we're bringing on Willie P, maybe Jess Charman as well to help talk about it a little bit more later on in the show. So as soon as we have that clarity, we'll be able to bring that to you as well. But he was involved in a boating collision near Miami Marine Stadium on Wednesday, was unconscious when reached by Miami Fire and Rescue, and then Charlotte FC did confirm his death on Thursday morning. The statement put out there by Charlotte FC was this quote we are deeply saddened to share that Anton Walks has tragically passed away this morning may he rest in peace we will discuss this a little bit later on in the show you're listening to Wesson Walker Sports Radio 927 FM Walker Sports Radio 927 WFNZ. Text into the Garage Door Guru text line 704 570 9610. Lots of questions, comments, thoughts about Sean Payton whether it would be right to give up two first round picks for the former Saints head coach or whether you should just stick with either Steve Wilkes, possibly hire Ken Dorsey, possibly hire Shane Steichen, Mike Kafka, and not have to give up any first round picks at all. You can tell us more 704 570 9610. 96 10 let's now visit the campus corner where we saw virginia beat virginia tech we did see pittsburgh beat louisville of course we saw pittsburgh win by over 20 points but here's with virginia you're looking at the standings and you're seeing some of the original acc teams towards the top the old school programs you gotta like that wes as a player in football that played for an og acc team as well at wake forest how do you like seeing some of the old school teams here towards the top of the standings
1: Yeah, I like it, man. I've been watching ACC sports basically since I was in diapers. My mom always reminds me when I used to run around talking about the ACC tournament when I was in diapers. So uh, (laughs) I wasn't a traditional ACC guy, man. And so seeing Clemson, Wake, NC State, Duke, Carolina all, uh, you know, having really good seasons, I think is really cool and I hope in the tournament, uh, that all these teams continue their success up until the tournament and then get in there, and we have some later days in the tournament with a lot of these teams, if not all of them, still uh, having a chance to get the championship. But uh, I enjoy it a lot, especially my Deeks coming through having a good season as well this year. And you can also include Virginia uh, in that pack as well. Miami's really the non traditional, them and Pitt are the teams that are sitting in there in those spaces. And then Syracuse is ahead of Duke. Uh, right now. But like I said, just seeing the traditional ACC squads having really good seasons and competing is really great.
2: Yeah, I think it's really great for the sport when the big four schools, Carolina, Duke, State, and Wake, they're all relevant in the ACC because when the ACC really became a basketball power, those four those four schools were at the forefront of. Then you'd mix in the occasional Georgia Techs, the Virginias in the '80s, yep. and the like. And I think it's really going to set up for as interesting an ACC season we've had since the conference brought in all the Big East leftovers. Because uh, I. I wasn't a fan of it. I thought we should have left those northern schools up north, and they could have found somewhere else to go play their college basketball.
1: Yeah, he sounds just like my mom.
2: But but I, I do feel like this this second half of the ACC season is going to be exciting. And I, I just can't wait for it to get going on well, Saturday.
1: I mean, yeah, because
2: th- you do
0: have in the top half, there are a lot of original ACC teams, but Miami and Pittsburgh are still second and third right now. Do we care about that? Like with, with Pittsburgh, I feel a little bit different. Miami, I just like Jim Laranega, So. Oh, I like, yeah, that's my man. So I like him as a head coach. I like him having that success. With Pittsburgh, I grew up with Pittsburgh being a pretty good college basketball squad. And I, I kind of like them also being towards the top. Dude, Dewan Blair was a monster. Oh, no yeah, ACLs. That, DeJuan they were big choker. Yeah, LeVance Fields. Well, they got to the. Did they get to the Final Four one year or no. did they not get there? That was the
1: year. I remember all those years they had those great teams and they were one. Uh, were they at one 1C one time? They, yeah, Blair? they were 1C. Yeah, so I was saying, yeah, and they choked. Got beat by Butler. Yeah.
0: that's right LeVance Fields is on that team yeah. there's a lot of fun players but they're not an original ACC yeah. you know so I it, I feel weird about that but they that have one.
1: a touch of it like I said with the Cable brothers and those are both my guys too so I'm very happy for them because they've been struggling and I thought it was about to be coming to an end soon for them and so both of them you know me and Jason quote uh, random Griselda lyrics to each other when we see each other so. is that right yeah we do I'll go up to him and just quote a line and then he'll give me one right back <laughs>
2: what a loser <laughs> Jeff Capel is a loser? Yeah, yeah but, you yeah, seem disgusted. Yeah, you... But I'm, no, I'm more disgusted at Wes as that they're now his, quote, my guys. They've been my guys way before I knew you. We need to do a segment on who your guys are, and we need to know if we approve of them or not, because half of the people that you're boys with, I don't approve of.
0: <laughs> Thanks, Dad. <laughs> yeah, you need, to, you need to run that by a fitty. UVA got the win against Virginia Tech. My mm-hmm. question is is Virginia Tech the biggest disappointment in ACC play this year no. after a 1 in 6 record now within
2: the conference? Still Duke you got the most talent. Mm. And they they Are we'll you as, are you as confident in Duke turning it around like Carolina did last year or or not? Because I mean, I know I've been preaching patience to Duke fans, but when you shoot as bad as they shoot, I don't think you should be all that hopeful they're going to tr- turn it around. Virginia Tech they just got hot. Like they oh, were, but we
0: were not talking about that at the beginning. We all liked Virginia Tech. You have yeah. praised Mike Young as a head coach. He's we a hell were, of a coach. We were all feeling the Hokies big time coming into the season. And the fact that you're 1-6 and six in the conference, pretty damn disappointing. And Duke, if I think the real question is, not necessarily comparing them to North Carolina, the real question is, who do you have more confidence in turning it around this year between Duke and Virginia Tech? My answer is Duke, more than the Hokies, who are 1-6 yeah. in conference play. I think they're the most disappointing team.
1: To me, the most disappointing has been Florida State because of what they've done uh, recently with Coach Hamilton and the way they've gotten to the tournament and become like the new bloods, as they like to say. And then the season has just been horrendous, some of the L's that they've taken. But now that Leonard Hamilton has been back roaming the sidelines, they are starting to wake up just a little bit. Been an ACC player? They're in 4 and 4 yeah. right now. And so this is the team that's going to be dangerous uh, going forward, I think. But, you know, still 6 and 13 overall. And the thing that's crazy about the league, too, is how many teams in that top half are so good at home. You got Clemson, Miami, Wake, Carolina, Duke, all undefeated at home. And then other teams with eight or nine wins as well. So you got some tough places to play uh, going down the stretch when you're going to go into some of these venues.
2: Just want to remind you, Walker, last year before Virginia Tech won the ACC tournament, mm-hmm. they started the ACC season 1-6.
0: Do you think they're going to do that again this year?
2: I mean, they've got the same cast of players back, so it would surprise me if they finish 11-7, um, 12-8 in the ACC. No, it's just who they are.
0: But they are missing Keve Aluma, though. Well, and so they're also
2: 0-6.
0: They've lost six straight games. I mean, for me, they've got another game against Clemson on the road. Now they're going to have, after that, they have Duke, they have Syracuse. And if you're asking me, you're saying that you have more confidence in VT turning it around more than the Duke Blue Devils? No,
2: I never said that. I just said that Duke was the more underwhelming team, more so than Virginia Tech with all that talent that came in. But as Wes has said, half of those freshmen, they're bust. Yeah, they're
0: not playing yeah. well. No, yeah. th- no, they're not. And I, I expect both of these teams. I expect Duke more so to turn it around with some of that talent and Virginia Tech. I'm just, yeah, I'm surprised to see them. I would have never guessed. Yeah, I mean, as straight. I said,
1: they're really missing Kevin Alumin. He right. was a big presence for them down low last year. And They don't have that Justin Munster trying to turn him into that post presence, but he's more of a, you know, a garbage man, so to speak, as far as offensive rebounds, putbacks, lobs, and stuff like that. But he's not a guy you're going to give it to. Play in, play out, and get a bucket like Aluma did, and then those guards haven't been as dominant as you want.
0: Is Virginia the best team in the ACC, or would you go elsewhere?
1: Um, I don't, I don't think so. I think Virginia is really good, but I'm not going to give them the best, the title of the best, just because they're ranked the highest. I mean, they have some more uh, proving to do when they play some of the bigger teams. They have beaten uh, Carolina, and I think it'd be NC State if I'm not mistaken. But. They uh no
2: I'm not going to give them that right now. I think they're the team I trust the most. All
0: right. So they're not the best. Seven,
2: so you can text in. <laughs> Great.
0: <laughs> 704-570-9610 that's the garage door guru text line. Two more hours to go on Western Walker Sports Radio 927 FM.